Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting as we usually are from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them as a business, but they're small enough to, to address those needs in a personal way, I've got a suggestion for you, of course, it's Renaissance Bank. And uh, I know that from my experience, but I also see the surveys that they finish in the top of, uh, surveys that are uh, conducted by um, Time Magazine's Money.com or uh, Forbes Magazine. So if you're interested in change, go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and check them out. And I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Mary Gowan. Mary is the Dean of the Mike Cottrell College of Business at the University of North Georgia. Dean Gowan, thank you. Thank for, you. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what's going on at the Cottrell School of Business. There's so much to talk about. It's hard to know where to start. Okay. Um, we uh, have just had a fabulous week this week. We have two of our teams of students who have participated in competitions. One was one of our cyber security teams, our cyber hawks, that came in number two in the nation in a a uh, Cyber Seed 2023 challenge out of 192 teams that participated. Mm-hmm. We were right behind uh, the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign and ahead of Michigan Tech, Central Florida, and Florida Institute of Technology. Oh, that, wow. That was Monday. Yep. Tuesday, one of our sales professional sales students won the grand championship at the National Collegiate Sales Competition, which is known as the granddaddy of all sales competitions, and our team came in third out of 140 sales students participating in the top 70 sales programs in the country. Wow. So, great week for us in the Mike Cottrell <laughs> College of Business. Yeah. Good time to be here with you. That is, uh, that, well, that, wow, that is awesome. So, yeah. um, and that's big time competition there. Those are both big time competitions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's, let's give folks a little background. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I love the way we've started this interview because that kind of, uh, gives the trajectory of where you are. Right. But, but um, let's talk a little bit about where you've come from because it's been, it's been interesting times to say the least, right? It absolutely has. I'm in my fourth year. Well, actually just started my fifth year, Mm -hmm. February 1st at the university uh, as the Dean of the business school, university of North Georgia is celebrating its 150th or sesquicentennial anniversary this year Mm. Um, for the North Georgia college and state university. Um, then the Gainesville State Campus is part of that that came together about uh, 2012, 2013 mm-hmm. to uh, create University of North Georgia. So we're a very old, very young university. And as anything that's still in a startup mode in many ways, we still are figuring a lot of things out, but we've kept moving very quickly. And then COVID came along and we kept moving forward, designing our new building, moved into it for the start of fall semester, the Cottrell Center for Technology excuse me, business technology and innovation mm-hmm. and really had was a transformative program for us in the college of business. And we're a significant part of the university. We're 27% of the students uh, at the university are business or computer science majors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So, uh, 
you before we came on the air, you talked mm-hmm. about that building being a game changer. I'm oh, not yeah. sure that a lot of people think buildings are, you know, for for uh, schools of business are yeah. a game changer. But describe why you say that. Absolutely. So I've been an associate dean at George Washington University when we just uh, were building a new building. I was dean at Elon as we had they moved into the building a year before I got there and was part of raising money and starting a new building at. James Madison when mm-hmm. I was dean. So it's kind of my thing. Buildings are kind of my thing. And so when I got to the university, we had a wonderful gift from Mike and Lynn Cottrell um, to, uh, for a private gift to be able to go to the state and get the rest of the funds we needed to build the building. Mm-hmm. And in every place I've been where we had a new building, we saw it was transformative. And what that means is we were in, a, we were in five buildings on the Dahlonega campus. We also have programs in Gainesville and Oconee. And we'll be having programs in coming and then um, have some some courses in Blue Ridge. But our, our a lot of our programs, our majors are offered on the Dahlonega campus. And so mm-hmm. we were in five buildings with faculty spread out and using whatever classrooms. Now we have a very open, bright, airy, state-of-the-art College of Business building. Mm. We've been told it's one of the best, if not the best, in the state. We love that because mm-hmm. we know there's a lot of other new buildings. But what it has done is it's created a place for faculty and students to come together and learn and engage and bring more employers in to work with our students, more mentors to work with our students. We just didn't have that kind of gathering place, that sense of community. Mm-hmm. And that's what the building has done for us. It's also enabled us to start growing some of our programs um, yeah. and bring in the state-of-the-art software for our students to use. Yeah, talk about some of those programs that, that you th- see are important. I think you've already uh, revealed a few with some Absolutely. of those award winners, right? Yeah, Absolutely. And before that, I, I really must give a shout out to uh, a few folks who helped us get in the building. Please, yeah, let's um, do that. Speaker of the House Steve Gooch uh, yeah. is on the advisory board for the college, and he was tremendous in helping us get the state funding, as was uh, Representative Will Wade. Uh, late Speaker David Ralston was yeah. another big player than that. Governor Kemp. Um, mm-hmm great supporter for us. And then our, of course our board of regents. So it was a collective effort with the Cottrell's giving us that starting gift to do that. And so what we have uh, in the college of business, we have a bachelor's of business administration degree with majors in accounting, information systems, finance, management, and marketing. And then we, uh, then we have a bachelor's of science in computer science and bachelor's of science in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. Then we have a couple of master's degrees, master's of accounting and an MBA, and then a new master's of science and computer science coming online uh, actually this summer. And then some certificates we can talk about later if we, if we get to that point. But we also have a bachelor's of applied science in technology management, and that's for individuals who have an applied associate's degree um, so that they can come and finish their four-year degree yeah. as well. So talk about the significance of having uh, computer science and cybersecurity inside the school of uh, the College of Business, right. as opposed to uh, you know another part of the university. Sure. So we were very intentional in the naming of the building to encompass all that. So the Cottrell Center for Business Technology and Innovation. Uh, what we believe is that um, having technology, computer science, and cyber in the business school enables our business students to have a greater understanding of technology. Mm -hmm. And we also think that it helps our technology students understand business because they're going to be working in businesses. And we know one of the challenges, especially on the computer side, uh, science side of the house is being able to, to talk to the business folks that are, they're developing programs for. Sure. So we're uh, continually looking at ways that we can cross over. We're in the process of, creating a way to have a cybersecurity focus in each of our majors so that students going out, whether they're working in marketing or accounting or accounting are going to have a strong background and understanding 
not that they're going to be the hackers like our our uh, champion students, but that they're going to be able to understand the need for security mm-hmm. and why that's so important. Right. So we really feel like it's a, an advantage to have both programs in the same house. Yeah, that's that's terrific. So you've also uh, really uh, augmented and built up the capabilities in both logistics, mm-hmm. right, and supply chain management. Uh, yes. uh, those are a few topics that uh, areas of interest here in the last few years, right? Yes, they very much are. Yeah. Right. So we have, thanks to uh, Jim Siphon and Siphon Logistics, we have a logistics lab in our new building uh, right on our first floor. And we're one of only two schools in the country right now that have the McLeod software, which is one of the premier softwares used. It's probably the premier software for logistics. Mm-hmm. And we're really focusing on uh, the logistics side of the house with logistics and supply chain, because we know, first of all, where we're located in the Gainesville area, that we have lots of logistics companies there. Mm-hmm. And they're always looking for talent. And we're helping prepare students to understand you know, and what we do overall, understand the theory, but also the practice and the application of whatever we teach. But in logistics is a great example because students can go in the logistics lab, which was designed just to look like a logistics floor in a company and learn to use the software, but understand the context of all of that. Yeah. Um, so it's a great opportunity for us to, to be a player in that. And that's something that we're working to build out. We're doing our first summer camp in logistics for high school students. We do a lot of high school programs across mm. the college. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a logistics camp this summer for students in our, uh, from our, some of our counties right around the university. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just as a taking it up uh, a few thousand feet here, um, you know, you're talking about areas of focus like cybersecurity mm-hmm supply chain with the pandemic and all that, how that changed the way um, companies look at supply chain Mm -hmm. Um, rapidly moving. Right. Right. And how do you, just as a general proposition, you know, as an educational Mm -hmm. university, keep up with all this, I know it's a different answer for each of these areas of focus, but, but talk about how you do that just as a general proposition. Absolutely. So one of the things is making sure that faculty are current in their discipline, both through the research they do, but also through getting professional training and and certifications. Mm -hmm. So one of the things um, that we're fortunate with our building, because we had the naming gift and we had the money from the state, the naming gifts for the spaces inside were able to use for uh, professional development for both our faculty and our students. And so Mm -hmm. it supplements the funds that we have from the state and it makes sure that, uh, especially with our cybersecurity faculty, they can get the certifications they need. And then we also can provide the opportunity for students to get the certifications as well. Mm -hmm. Great work. Mary Gowan is with us folks. She is the Dean of the Mike Cottrell college of business at the university of North Georgia. Um, I don't think we mentioned fintech. No, we haven't. Yet. Yeah, so, let's let's talk about fintech. Absolutely, that's a big North Fulton topic. <laughs> it is a big North Fulton topic, and and one we're still building out our capabilities with. But we are part of the fintech academy uh, that's at Georgia State now. Our students can do a minor in fintech, mm. and that's taught. Uh, that's classes that are taught um, through our eCore program uh, by faculty from other places. One of our faculty members has been a co-teacher of one of those classes. Mm. And that's something that we're continuing to make our students aware of these opportunities. You know, a lot of the fintech is really computer science uh, related. It's really the, the programming. Mm-hmm. And so we think that we have an opportunity to um, to really provide the workforce. We're going to be moving 
a computer science uh, degree option to the coming campus as we build out bachelor's programs there. And that we think will be a, a great way for us to even open more doors in the fintech sector. Yeah. Since you mentioned the coming campus, let's talk a little uh, bit more about that, how you've built that out. I mean, you know, I remember when that was just, you know, um, uh, a nice building, but, right. <laughs> but one nice building, but I mean, you've really uh, mushroomed yeah. there. Yeah, we're out of space right now, but fortunately mm-hmm. we've been um, given the funding from the state to expand the building. Mm-hmm. So that planning is underway right now. And when that happens, we will be able to offer four-year programs on the coming campus. So we'll have our computer science option for students, and we'll also have an option for a Bachelor's of Business Administration and General Management that we'll offer at that campus. So students will be able to come and start there and finish there, which they can't do right now. Yeah. yeah. What, what, talk, let's talk to students, I guess, you know, yeah. about the interplay of – because you've got all these remote campuses, right. whether it's coming Gainesville, Blue Ridge, what have you, and then you've built this really nice mm-hmm. building in, in Delonica right. with you know that that you you see that as very important. So yes. talk about this interplay between remote versus um, in person and on campus at the main campus right. education. Yeah. Well, we think of it as two main campuses, actually, with Dahlonega and Gainesville being the two main campuses. Mm -hmm. In our our Gainesville, we actually have uh, doubling our space for the business program down Mm -hmm. there because we're still growing there. But what we try to do is um, provide a a substantial subset of our programs on the Gainesville campus. And so students can finish some of their bachelor's degrees there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oconee's strictly associate's degree, um, but many of those students will transfer to us or continue. And we're moving. we're creating an option online for the bachelor's of business and general management and also our bachelor's of applied science. So students who don't want to come to either of the campuses will be able to do a degree completion with UNG for their undergraduate business degrees, which we don't have now. That's just starting this fall. But what we try to do, we have a lot of students that go back and forth between campuses. We'll have students from Dahlonega that'll go to Gainesville and Gainesville to Dahlonega if they need to get the classes. And we, we wish we could do everything everywhere, but that's just not feasible. Sure. So we've really tried to create opportunities for, for instance, with the McLeod software that I mentioned, we can teach supply chain and logistics courses in Gainesville, and the students still have access to the software. They won't be in a lab like we have on the Dahlonega campus, but they'll still be able to get the experience. And then some of our classes are co-taught across campuses. So, for instance, with accounting we may have a professor teaching an account, um, accounting class in Dahlonega, live streaming it to the Gainesville campus and have a grad assistant down with those students. And then the next week, the professor will be in Gainesville and the grad student in Dahlonega. Hmm. So we're using technology to try to bring our programs more across our campuses. Uh, and COVID helped us do that because we purchased a lot of technology and we learned to use it right. in a new and creative way. So it really has expanded our programs for us. Yeah, that makes sense. Um you mentioned accounting, and I know we've got a lot of accounting firms that listen to this show, yes. and uh, they're pretty interested in um, the fact that it's just it's hard to get younger people to be interested in accounting, right? It is. Yeah, it so is. you, you yeah. got any magic uh, uh, solutions for that problem? Well, we hope we do. Yeah. Um, our accounting program has just gone through a major renovation, renovation, um, a major refresh of the accounting program and the requirements, and are giving students more options. Because we know that accounting is moving to more of a consultative role in organizations mm-hmm. because software can take care of a lot of the basics that sure. accountants used to do. 
And so we've got a number of partner firms, Rushton, Bates Carter, Tillman, Bailey Samples in the region that have been very supportive of, of what we're doing. The CPA exam is changing, so we're having to change to address that. And mm-hmm. I'm told it's an, um, it's a, um, not an evolution, it's a revolution this time around with that. Really? So what we're doing is enabling our students to take um, courses, for instance, in information systems as part of their accounting degree. We're also have a new program, an undergraduate certificate in compliance and ethics that was actually, the development of that was funded by the NSA because we know a lot of what accountants are doing is dealing with compliance and ethics issues. So students can do that program over two summers and count those for part of their accounting program. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to find ways to partner accounting with other programs that are going to be really value added, especially as students move into that more consultative role in accounting. And I think that will help us attract students because There'll be still plenty of accounting classes for them, but they'll have some other options. So when they get to some of those classes that aren't as interesting to them, they may go in a little bit different direction. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and I think when some of these students start to see where some of these salaries are, right. <laughs> they might rethink uh, uh, where, where their yeah. course of study ought to be, right? Exactly. And I, well, you know, professional sales, that's a great example of mm-hmm. where the salaries have gone up. Um, monumentally over the last few years because mm-hmm. of all these sales programs and campuses. But with accounting in particular, there's a lot of great opportunities. And I think the the pushback from students in part has been the hours that they have to work in some accounting firms. So accounting firms are having to adjust yeah. to recognize that uh, if they want to attract students to come into the career, then they've got to make some changes as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Dean Mary Gowan is with us, folks. Uh, she is with the Micah Trail College of business at the University of North Georgia. Um, so let's, let's talk about uh, graduate and uh, undergraduate and graduate certificates right. and the importance of those certificates in business education today. Right. That's certainly a hot topic right mm-hmm. now. We talk about certificates and micro-credentials and stackable degrees. There's a lot of um, still uncertainty about what that all really means. There was just an article I was reading this past week that talked about Businesses are offering them, uh, for-profit companies are offering them, colleges are offering them. How do they really play with employers? Uh, but we know they're attractive to students, and, and they're attractive to employers. There's a, they're a signal, at least, that students have some specialized competencies. Mm-hmm. So we have, right now at the undergraduate level, we have the um, certificate I mentioned in compliance and ethics. At the mm-hmm. graduate level, we already had Uh, three graduate certificates, one in cybersecurity, one in entrepreneurship and innovation, and another one in technology leadership. And then we've added the, again, thanks to the funding from the NSA, we've added a graduate certificate in compliance and ethics Mm. that starts this summer. And all those are offered in the summer. So students can do those as a standalone graduate degree, or they can count them for electives in any of our graduate programs, our MAC program, our Masters of Accountancy, our MBA, which we've moved that fully online now, or our Master's of Science in Computer Science. So we're finding a way that that helps us leverage the courses. We can offer more courses when we can stack them like this. So from a college standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. And we're looking at more certificates for the undergraduate program as well. Just as a general proposition, uh, whether whether this affects uh, your your, uh, college or Mm -hmm. not, Mm -hmm. um, is it a demand pull or is it a push from from students in terms of the demand for certificates? That's a great question. And I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Students like badges. They, they, you know, 
the generation of students that are coming through college now are the ones who always got trophies, right? You know, show right. up and, and participate, and, mm-hmm. and you get your trophy, mm-hmm. and so they're used to getting recognitions, right? And so they, this gives them a way to have something that they can put on their resume, that they can put on their LinkedIn, mm-hmm. that they think helps them stand out. Sure, in many cases does, and then from the employer, it's this debate that's going on now about what's the value of a college degree. And so it's the idea of if people have certain certifications, is that enough? And I think there's a there's some confusion between certificates and certifications. Mm. So, for instance, with our compliance and ethics certificate, you get a certificate of completion, and we're preparing you to sit for a certification for that. Yeah. And so I think part of it is understanding whether or not it's the certificate or the certification that you can get by doing the certificate, mm-hmm. or both. It's important. Right. And employers are going to understand the difference in that, right? They are going to yeah. understand the difference in that. Right, right. Yeah. So it's important to, to if if a deeper dive is required through certification to get that certification. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you talked about, we, we let off the show with competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, that really feeds the energy of today's students, right? Yes, it does. Um, um, but it also has a, a purpose beyond just right. entertainment. It's obviously education. And what, what, yeah. what, let's talk about the, the, the value of those competitions that your students enter. Sure. It's terrific because it provides students uh, awareness of what's going on at other universities and who their competition is. Sure. It also often puts students front and center with employers. So, for instance, the National Collegiate Sales Competition. I don't know how many employers were there, but I guarantee you, our student who won has probably already had a number of employers approach her mm-hmm. about and our team because mm-hmm. they came in so high. Uh, same thing with the with the um, students in the cyber program. You know, you you're able to say I've got this extra. It's almost like having a credential mm-hmm. in many ways, like a badge. Uh, I've done this, and so this shows my abilities. So right. it demonstrates it, and employers love seeing these and and taking part in these activities because it helps them get to the best and the brightest in the field more quickly. Uh, so mm. the whole experiential learning is such a major part of business education. It has been for years, but even more so now. So we're we're seeking other ways. We're going to have a student-managed uh, investment fund mm. starting up next fall. Okay. We're very excited about to yeah. get students' hands-on time with actual money uh-huh. um, and see how they do. And we'll put them, pit them up against our foundation and see which does better. <laughs> Look out, foundation, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, and and uh what you're describing sounds kind of like it from the athletic world, kind of like a uh, tryout, right? I mean, yes, the, the, the tryout where, where the, maybe like the NFL combine right. people are watching, right. And, and, and looking for um, anomalies, good mm-hmm. anomalies and talent. Yes. They very much are doing that. And so they'll, companies will sponsor these activities. And even when we have our on campus competitions, companies will sponsor those because they're wanting to get at those best and brightest students earliest. Mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting time for business schools in the last, I would say, 15 years when there has been more of an expectation of students to participate in either professional conferences for student organizations where the employers are going to be there. I'm the chair of the Board of Governors for Beta Gamma Sigma, which is the honor society for ASCB accredited business schools. And one thing we know from our students is they want to connect with employers. They'll join Beta Gamma Sigma we're used to back in the day, students would join an honor society because it was a recognition of, you know, your top performance. Mm-hmm. But now they want that plus something else. Sure. And so we're we're looking at more and more ways that we can connect students with employers, and having them participate in these activities is one way to do that to showcase them. 
So I, w- I was going to talk about employers and how they can get involved right. with the College of Business yeah. um, at the University of North Georgia. You've already given some ideas, I mm-hmm. think, right? But let's talk Absolutely. more about that. Yes, we, we love having employers um, connect with us. We just hired a director of engagement and student professional development. She's formerly at Georgia Tech and brings a lot of experience in the field. And her role is to help us connect with more employers. And we already are seeing more employers come to campus to recruit our students. We work with our university career services. We are starting an executive in residence program where someone um, in a across all professions, we're seeking individuals who want to come and spend a day with the students who will maybe meet with students and review their resume with them, give them a practice interview, speak in a class, mm. uh, because we find that that connection helps us stay really current about what's going on, as well as gives the employers access to our students that they're seeking. Yeah. So it's a win-win for everybody to do that. And even with the layoffs that are taking place, there's still so many job openings out there and just seeking the talent like that we're preparing. Yeah. And it sounds like to me, and this is a question, it sounds like to me that, that um, employers need to do more now to, to connect with up and coming talent than just showing up at a job fair. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why you have um, these companies that want to help sponsor uh, competitions. That's why companies will put their name on a space in a building mm-hmm. it's that whole awareness we want students to know about us and mm-hmm. then because we know if they at least know about us they're more likely to look at us as a potential employer yeah for sure for sure so let's um we're going to get to how folks can be in touch generally but when employers specifically that are listening to this interview and think hey i here's a resource that i need to dive deeper into mm-hmm. The University of North Georgia, right. you know, Contrail College of Business. Uh, how how do they do that? Well, probably the best way is just to reach out to my office, mm-hmm. um, Google UNG, uh, Mike Contrail College of Business Dean, mm-hmm. um, Mary Gowan, or just Dean, and reach out, and then I'll get you connected with the right individuals, mm-hmm. and we'll take it from there. Right. Uh, you know, we're looking for opportunities for our students to do projects for companies. That's mm-hmm. another thing mm-hmm. that's big with business schools right now is to give students that hands-on experience. And you get these bright minds that can help solve problems and approach them from a very different way than maybe the employees that are dealing with the problems on a day-to-day basis. Right. So that's something else we're very interested in doing. We have an, uh, an enclave, which is a secure space for our cybersecurity program where we can do messy projects with things like malware that we don't want students getting on our university internet and touching. Uh, we've mm. got a space for them to do those kinds of pro- uh, projects for companies as well. Yeah. Um, you've got an important part of the college, which is the truest center for ethical leadership. Yes. Um, we certainly need more of that these days, yes, we do. <laughs> whether it's business, government, or whatever. Right. So talk talk about just the importance of that center sure. uh, and, and what, you, what you're hoping to gain out of that. Yeah, we actually have an Institute for Cyber um, Operations. We have the Truist Center for Ethical Leadership and our Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation mm-hmm. uh, that are really important parts because they all have high school outreach programs. But the Truist Center was founded um, by a gift from BB&T. Uh, quite a few years ago, we just rebranded to Truist. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, facilitate our being able to rebrand. This um, um, our center provides training for students across the state in high schools for their uh, building ethical employability, which is part of the best program that's mandated by the state. So specifically for the North Georgia, but sometimes beyond that, we'll have maybe a couple thousand students on campus going through this training program that 
really focuses on ethics and personal branding, decision-making, ethical awareness. We also do programs for companies. So if a company wants an ethical awareness, we have consultants that work with us that for the center that can come in and do ever how long you want the program to be. And we also do ethical climate assessments mm. with, with other universities, with um, businesses. So if you want to kind of know where your employees are with the whole ethical awareness piece, we've got the resources to do that. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's terrific. So l- let's talk about, um, I guess, the trajectory, what the future looks like uh, next, mm-hmm. you know, three to five years. I mean, what are you seeing out there? For, for your continued growth right. and development as, as a college of business? Sure. Well, we know that business education is highly popular right now um, and because of that direct line of sight to jobs mm-hmm. um, that we have. We love doing things with programs across campus, and, and really the trend in higher ed is toward inter- more interdisciplinary activities. We have the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation, and our unfortunately our wonderful director just retired, so we're looking for a new director for that program. And one of the requirements will be that person will be able to interface across campus because we know that a lot of the uh, innovation ideas, the entrepreneurial ideas come out of sciences or they come out of nursing, healthcare. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that that program is an outreach and that's important for us Mm. moving forward. We want to continue building out our master's program. We took the MBA fully online and as without a lot of advertising immediately saw the numbers increase on that. And so we're a very uh, good bargain for a high-quality program, and mm-hmm. so we, we want to scale that uh, to have a larger audience. We want to continue having our students be able to participate in activities that give them a broader awareness, like study abroad. We uh, have a group, two groups going off next week. We've got a group headed for um, London and a group headed for Singapore Awesome. next week, and then we'll have a group going to Rome in May, and we mm-hmm. want to get more of our students doing these international experiences and a lot of our students have never been on a plane. We've got a lot of first-gen students, uh, a lot of non-traditional students. Mm-hmm. And we want to create opportunities for those students because we know it helps them. Um, with, it helps the, the region with workforce development, but also with economic development when we can build out these programs. And that's really our heart and soul at the university is, is helping students be aspirational while we're building the workforce and helping the region in the process. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you brought that up. That's really, really important. And um, I heard a stat the other day, and I'm not sure if it's right or not, but I'll just throw it out there, that uh, 25% of the people in Alpharetta were not born in this country. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me, just just walking around and, and uh, you know, observing business in this area. Right. Um, and so what you're doing is you're really giving a catalyst to students to 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 better be able to connect with the kind of companies that are here, that are locating right. here, et cetera, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Terrific. Opening doors. Yep. That's what uh, it's all about. It is. That's what it's all about. So I do this job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am exhausted from hearing all this. <laughs> you, and I'm you, only giving you half of what we're I, doing. I know it. I know it. We, we, uh, uh, we're going to have to have you back here uh, soon, uh, uh, Dean Galwin. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure having you, you. And congratulations on your great work. We're just excited thank that you. we can share uh, this with our audience, shine the light on uh, that tremendous work. So um, let's get to the most important question, which is for those that want to know more, yes. how they can find out more. Absolutely. Google UNG. MCCB or Mike Cottrell College of Business, and you'll learn a lot, uh, can find out more about our programs and reach out. We'd love to connect with you and connect you with our students and our faculty. 
and see where we can take that. And we'll have those links in the show notes, folks. So um, again, thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate you being here. We love telling our story. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. If you have got a problem in your business that, uh, well, it involves your back office, your administrative tasks, your bookkeeping, uh, maybe marketing that you're doing that you need to really outsource to someone else. Well, I've got a suggestion and it involves picking up the phone and calling the chief executive angel at Office Angels, SES Cabido, 770-442-9246 is the phone number, or you can go to officeangels.us to learn more. They're not a temp agency or a placement firm. Office Angels matches a business owner's support needs with angels, and they are angels. I work with some of them, and I know this. They've got the talent and experience necessary to handle work that's essential to creating and maintaining a successful small business. It's your terms, your timeline. Uh, they can help you out uh, one year, one week, or one project, or longer term. So uh, give them a call, 770-442-9246. I think you'll be glad you did. And just a reminder, folks, uh, again, uh, I've got a book coming out this year, the summer uh, time frame. The Price and Value Journey, Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Prices Using the Generosity Mindset Method. If you are interested in receiving updates, uh, learning more about that book, go to pricevaluejourney.com and you can find out more there. And finally, thank you to our audience who have supported us now for almost seven years and we're up to show uh, number 620 or something like that. Um, uh, And you have been tremendous in sharing the show when you have found uh, business leaders like Dean Gowan who uh, do great work and that work deserves to be celebrated and shared. So if you've heard something here that makes you think of uh, maybe an employer that needs to know more about what's going on at the University of North Georgia, uh, share the show. Um, That's what it's all about. That helps us help the business and community in this area do well and be celebrated for the great work that they do. That's what we're here to do is be the voice of business in North Fulton. And thank you for helping us fulfill that mission and supporting us the way you do. So for my guest, Dean Mary Gowan, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.